0: This podcast is brought to you by BrunerAcademy.com, your online resource for the best public speaking presentation storytelling skills courses. Become a rock star communicator in any setting. Visit BrunerAcademy.com. Many of us know that we need to make changes in our lives, and yet making change is often one of the hardest things to do. But my guest today believes that if you are struggling with change, it means you are exactly where you need to be. Elizabeth hamilton Garino is my guest on Live Your Best Life with Liz Bruner and is here to help all of us learn how to make those changes and align with our highest purpose. Elizabeth, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Liz. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Grateful for being here. Well, I'm
0: delighted you're here. And I love that we both have the same name. Of course, I've been going by Liz and you go by Elizabeth. Have you always gone by Elizabeth?
1: I do. I go by the full name. Of course, you know, I feel like sometimes doing one of those TikTok videos, like my name is this, but you can call me this, 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 this. Everybody has a name. (laughs) Everybody has a shortcut.
0: Well, you're still Elizabeth and I love it. Elizabeth is a certified master coach and change facilitator, the founder of the Best Ever You Network, and has published multiple books. Her most recent one is The Change Guidebook. Elizabeth, why is change so hard and at the same time so important to our well-being, especially now?
1: I think The Change Guidebook is, is here to help us change our narrative on helping change not feel so hard and not feel so daunting. And that's one of the primary reasons why I wrote this book, is to help us get a conversation going that helps us get unstuck with respect to feeling like change is so negative Mm -hmm. or so difficult.
0: Well, I read the Change Guidebook over the weekend, and it is filled with so much good information and important questions and exercises for all of us to consider. It really is about aligning your heart, aligning your truths, and aligning your energy. Let's start with our heart. What do you mean when you say align your heart? And why do so many people ignore this piece of the equation?
1: I think one of the first steps is to think with your heart. When we align our heart, truths, and energy, what I'm really saying in the first, part, or the first part of the book is to really think with your heart. We make so many decisions from our brain when we need to make them from our heart, actually. People don't often trust their heart to navigate them because they feel heartbroken or their heart has failed them before in a relationship or something. But it's very important to really pay attention because when your heart speaks, it's really important to kind of tune in and and listen to what's going on and use that as a beacon.
0: And what I also liked when I was reading in the book, and I think there's a lot of truth in this, and you just said it a moment ago, it's we think with our heads as opposed to our hearts sometimes. Yeah. We also overthink. I know I'm guilty of that from time to time. Why do we overthink? Is it, is it just our head taking over as opposed to our heart at
1: that point in time? I think so. I think it's just as simple as that. The trick is to recognize that and train yourself to not do that. It's important to do that sometimes. You know, depending on what the circumstance calls for, you might need to think with your brain. <laughs> I'm not saying to do one over the other all the time, but they, they work in connection with one another often it's the heart part that people aren't thinking with and they just go all cerebral and think right there and they miss a big part of it. Mm. It's important to really think with your heart, to, to really train your brain to move into your heart. I do a lot of exercises with people when I'm working with them to actually put your hands over your heart and close your mm-hmm. eyes mm-hmm. and pause. When you pause, it interrupts. Mm-hmm. That's a great mechanism for going from head to heart. Pause, take a deep breath and think from your heart.
0: From your heart. You also mentioned the word connection a moment ago, and there's also so much truth in aligning with our truths and our energy and connecting all of that together. How do we align our truths and our energy?
1: To align with your truths means to be authentic. The world needs more authenticity. The world needs you. And I think sometimes that's also something that we forget. We're very busy comparing ourselves to other people. We're busy with negative self-talk. We're busy with all sorts of things when, in fact, we need to be rooting in gratitude, remembering our value, rooting in self-love, self-worth, self-care, and all of those things that are authentic to us, me, you, you know, and Mm -hmm. so forth. But it's authenticity to me. Now, as far as your energy is concerned, I do firmly believe that you go where you place your energy. When you do all those things together, when you think with your heart, when you're authentic, and you understand that you go where you place your energy, I really believe that anything is possible for you. Mm,
0: I love all that. And when all of this is in alignment, these principles and tools that you offer really can help us achieve all kinds of goals, whether we're changing careers, weight loss. I know that that's one of the areas that you specialize in in your work. And you have personally used these principles and tools yourself. You write in your book that you know what it feels like to feel stuck. And you mentioned those words a moment ago. When did you feel stuck?
1: I felt stuck a a lot in my life. I've gone through quite a bit. Probably one of the most profound feelings of feeling stuck for me was in my late 20s, I developed life-threatening food allergies. And it really threw me for a giant loop at work, at home, I had two small kids. All of a sudden there was something dramatically wrong with me. And at the time, we didn't quite know it was food allergies I nearly lost my life. And it was like, oh, what is that? My dad wanted to take me to the Mayo Clinic. They discovered I have food allergies, so I live with life-threatening food allergies to peanuts, tree nuts, fish, and shellfish. Mm. My father had a stroke in 2004, a series of strokes, actually, and he lived through them, thank goodness. He's since passed in 2018, but at the time, back in 2004, he was in a rehab facility, and they had taken him down to uh, like a speech therapy session where a nurse was saying ABCs, like, a, like an alphabet mm-hmm. game my dad was to tell us the word that came to mind after A, B, C, and so forth. And this is a huge moment where I stopped feeling stuck and is a huge source of my first book, Percolate, which is a Hay House book. It's called Percolate, Let Your Best Self Filter Through because at the time the nurse said, your dad's not going to say anything. People with this series of injuries are not going to probably say anything. So just prepare yourself. Anyway, my dad said, aardvark, benevolence, courage, determination, excellence. F was a swear word that had changed his (laughs) face. And it's this huge motivational list And it just sort of dawned on me in that moment. I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to stop feeling sorry for ourselves. If he can do it, I can Mm -hmm. do it, you know, that kind of thing. And it was just a moment where I rooted in gratitude.
0: I love that. You also write about losing our way, and it sounds like you kind of did for a while. And despite the pain and probably heartache that you went through with your dad and the grief, you know, at some point in time, we kind of drift. That's your word. And I think it's such an accurate word. But at the same time, we have to find a way to forgive ourselves for our imperfections and reconnect with our natural gifts and talents. How do we reconnect to those?
1: I think this book does that. Yes. That is one of the huge reasons why I wrote this book. And What I'm hoping people do is take this book and just give it a little hug and mm-hmm. read it a couple of times or you know, open it up and read something. Keep it in your purse, on your nightstand, whatever it is. But the book is a guide. Yes. for you, for your life, and so forth. And its intention is to help you, if you drift, go back to the book and reconnect with your, with your heart, your truth, and your energy, and it'll set you straight again. Woven in the book are also 10 points of change. Mm-hmm. It's the process that people go through to make change. Whether you go all the way to impacting other people with changes you want to make, people might stop short of that. Not everybody has a goal to impact other people with their life and all that stuff in a teaching, mentoring way. I get it. The book in itself is intended to be a guide, Mm -hmm. um, to help you not drift. I'm curious
0: because when we are going through this process of change that requires patience, acceptance, forgiveness, and a bunch of other things, there are going to be times when there may be someone within our inner circle who is... I don't want to say necessarily inhibiting our growth, but potentially could be. How do we deal with that?
1: There are people all around us that don't believe in us. You know, they don't see what you see for yourself. They see something else. And whether it's a family member or a naysayer or somebody who didn't accomplish what you're trying to accomplish and so they're down on you, whatever it is, jealousy, there's all sorts of people out there around you guess what we get to navigate it <laughs> it's mm-hmm. called life right it's called, life. <laughs> so, yeah, it's called life you know what? when you hit a naysayer when you're trying to do something they're just not on your team and they're not on your best interest and it might be a family member it could be a, a friend it's important in life to really surround ourselves with love mm. i cannot stress that enough <laughs> Yeah. and think about three four or five people around you who have your back
0: I want to get back to your, your life-threatening food allergies for a moment because you've nearly lost your life a couple of times. And I think for someone who maybe doesn't suffer from food allergies or know someone, it might be hard to comprehend all the challenges you go through. And I know yeah. you're, you're very involved as a spokesperson for the Food Allergy and Anaphylaxis Connect Team and Medic Alert Foundation. But can you share with us what that does and how that impacts your life? Because unless you know someone or you're going through it, it's probably hard for people to really comprehend.
1: I liken it to poison. Mm. Some foods are just poisonous to me. It means if I touch them, eat them, and so forth, I will die without medical treatment. (sighs) And that's the fact. There's one in 13 children that is walking around with a food allergy. A real life-threatening food allergy doesn't mean hives and intolerance. A real life threatening food allergy means anaphylaxis. Uh, you can't breathe or you have digestive failure to some extent. Mm. I have more of a digestive failure. If I eat a peanut or like an almond or something like that, it's an immediate blood pressure drop and digestive failure for me. Oh my gosh. So I carry epinephrine and Benadryl, and those close to me know how to dial 911 and take care of me. They've had to do that before. And I also have a medical Alert bracelet on my left arm. Mm.
0: Well, learning about how to live with those allergies not only inspired change in you, lifestyle, and obviously foods you eat, but it also inspired you to start your Best Ever You Network. What an amazing community. And you have an upcoming women's conference. I want to learn more about both of these things because I know I'm going to be a part of your conference on March 8th, and I'm so excited about it. But share with us about this community.
1: I'm so excited for you to be with us. You are one of the people, I was looking on LinkedIn and I came across her and I'm like, oh, I love her book and her style and her vibe and everything. And so I'm very, very grateful that you're going to be joining us on March 8th. We are the Best Ever You Network. It's something I founded back in 2008. I have a financial services component of me, like half of me is financial services. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was my job previously. When our littlest one went to first grade, I thought, oh, I'll go back into the financial services industry. I did that. And within a year, I closed my door and wrote the business plan for the Best Ever You Network. I'm like, there, I wrote, there's got to be something better than this. <laughs> and that's just what I did. I quit my job, came home, got help from a neighbor, and started the Best Ever You Network with besteveryou.com. And we quickly had millions of hits to the website and all sorts of stuff. And we have a podcast today that has millions of downloads. We're very proud of it. It's a big network. It's a verified network in social media. And what we do is we put on a couple conferences per year, uh, a women's conference right around March 8th and a global success summit in October. Mm. They're always free. There's no email loopy loopy thing. <laughs> I don't need you to call the speakers in. and sell the show <laughs> or anything. Uh, it just is really straightforward. It is what, what it is. And we stream live into Facebook and LinkedIn.
0: Awesome. Well, we're going to have a link to all of that coming up in just a moment. Besides <laughs> being an author a speaker, host of your own shows. You're a wife and mother of four adult sons, and I think they're something like early 20s. And you are apparently known for your chocolate chip cookies, even winning first place at a local fair. You've got to <laughs> tell me about the cookies, because I, I do happen to love chocolate chip cookies.
1: Oh, I do too. They're, they're a passion of mine, and they're the reason why every once in a while I, I drift. <laughs> 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 I started making chocolate chip cookies years ago, When I was Mrs. Maine, actually, I've entered a few pageants in there as well. For the platform part of them, not so much as winning the pageant, but I really love children's literacy. I would put on my banner and crown. Just that part was just fun for me. And I'd go (laughs) to schools and libraries, and I'd make everybody nut-free chocolate chip cookies and do reading times. It grew to the point where I've I've made like over probably 150,000 cookies across this country. I've made cookies for Robin Williams. It could be a business. It's just a lot of work. It is a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of things that go to making your kitchen compliant for doing all that good stuff. A few years ago, I entered them into the Cumberland Fair here in Maine and got first prize. Oh, I love it. One of these
0: days, I'm going to get a taste of your cookies. We're going to meet in person. I'm going to taste your cookies. Yeah,
1: we'll make cookies together or, or do something fun. Yeah. I would look forward to that. And not a total cookie monster either, just chocolate chip cookies. Oh,
0: okay. I also happen to like oatmeal raisin. I don't know if that works for you or not, maybe with food allergies. I don't know if there's products in there that wouldn't nope. work, but maybe that'll work. You're
1: probably healthier. I do make a mean oatmeal raisin cookie. Ooh, okay. Good. Yeah. Sounds good.
0: <laughs> with all of this stuff that you have going on, you still have found time to write so many books, whether they're children's books, adults' books. You have a whole list out there. Where does your inspiration for the writing come from?
1: My inspiration comes from like the book itself and what I feel is needed. If you look at the children's books that I've written, there's a theme. There's always a theme of touching each life that you encounter with a sense of grace, compassion, collaboration, kindness, and so forth. And those are the Pinky Doodle Bug books, the Pinky Doodle Bug and Pinky Doodle Dance that are new. The other children's books I've written are about food allergies or being your best or self-confident. So there's always some type of theme that wraps back into Best Ever You with the children's books. And then my self help books are always about change. Yes. Because I think that it's one of the hardest things for people to do. Yes. And maneuver and navigate and embrace and all those good words that go with it. I think people have a really negative feel with it. And I want to just flip that so it doesn't feel so negative and so scary. Yep.
0: Folks, if you'd like to learn more about Elizabeth and all of her books, particularly her newest one, The Change Guidebook, and her amazing Best Ever You Network, and the March 8th event, just go to her website, besteveryou.com. Again, that's besteveryou.com. And if you're listening to this podcast after March 8th, 2022, you'll still be able to find it. So just go to that website.
1: So I have a free gift for your audience. If you go to besteveryou.com forward slash change guidebook, there's a beautiful download there that goes with the first couple chapters of the book. It's like a 12-page download. And again, it's free. It helps you assess different areas of your life.
0: I love that. Thank you for sharing that with our audience. I'm sure many people want to take advantage of that. Elizabeth, what a joy to share this time with you and for offering us ways to change, grow, and become our bravest, boldest best selves.
1: Thank you so much, Liz. I appreciate the opportunity and getting to know you better. And I can't wait for our Women's Day conference. I can't wait either.
0: And thanks to all of you for listening. I invite you to subscribe and share your comments. I love hearing from you. May you be inspired and know that change is possible. The power is in your hands. Until next time, be well.